Welcome to the SciDef Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Evans, and this is my co-host, Michael Fairweather. We're here to provide you with the cybersecurity news that matters to help you in the cyber realm. We are proud members of the Pod Bros Podcast Network. Check them out at podbros.com. Hey, hey. Welcome to episode 13 of the SciDef Cybersecurity Podcast. Michael and I are back again this week to provide you guys with some awesome news stories. This week, I have Stage Fright Vulnerability Allows Criminals to Send Malware by Text and Tape Your Webcam, Horrifying Malware Broadcasts You to the World. And I've got Facebook is ready to test a giant drone for internet service. Oh, they can poke people from afar now. With laser beams. And GM vehicles can be located, unlocked, started remotely via OnStar app. Let's get on to our first story. Stage fright vulnerability allows criminals to send malware by text. It was recently discovered by Zimperium Z-Labs that there is a vulnerability in Android's stage fright code, which allows criminals to send malware to any user via text message. And the scary part about this is that the user gets infected without even having to open it. This is the most serious Android vulnerability that has ever been discovered so far. The reason why this vulnerability is so dangerous and so serious is because the user doesn't have to do anything to get infected. And the attacker doesn't have to be close to the user to be able to infect them. As long as you know your intended victim's cell phone number, you're able to exploit this vulnerability. And the even scarier part is, is somebody can set up an automatic dialer script just to run through an entire array of phone numbers and hit every single individual on that list of phone numbers. So not only do you have the ability to specifically target one individual and successfully exploit this vulnerability, but you also have the ability to exploit this vulnerability in a huge range of individuals. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that you don't need to know somebody's number and it's just anybody with an Android device, that's insane because the Android holds the majority of the market share just because of the sheer number of devices that are out there that support Android. Yeah. The vulnerable code also executes before any kind of MMS or SMS notification happens to an individual's phone. So if the individual who's exploiting this vulnerability does it right, they can actually eliminate or delete the original message so that no trace of the attack ever occurs and the individual doesn't even get notified, which is... Just another level of scary there. You know, yeah. you can you can hit a huge range of people, get system privileges, and have control over hundreds of thousands of phones without people even knowing that you're there. Yeah, as of the first quarter of 2015, Android held 78% of the market share. That's insane. Yeah. This vulnerability allows the attackers to execute code access the internet and local files and listen to the microphone on some devices. Then then the attacker can even go further and have access to all the system privileges as well, which is right below root access. Not quite God mode, but pretty darn close. Yeah. So how this exploit essentially works is the individual sends a multimedia message 
to your device where they take a picture or video file or something and place the malicious code into it, pretending to be it. It gets sent to the device. And due to auto retrieval being active on Android devices, the phone will automatically open it regardless of what it is. And then the code executes and the attacker has access and privilege to all your goodies on your phone. Luckily, Zimperium uh, has said that they haven't seen any examples of this exploit actually being used out in the wild. So this is just a vulnerability that has been found. And they have uh, gone ahead and actually pushed out an update to Google. Uh, they did the first one in early April, and then they did a second set back in May. And these are just patches to actually fix this vulnerability. The unfortunate thing is, is that while Google actually accepts and applies the patches pretty quickly, um, they're saying within 48 hours, because of the way Android is distributed through the multiple carriers and manufacturers, it can actually take quite a while um, for it to come through on your phone. The reason they published and talked about this vulnerability in the first place is to get those people moving quicker, to actually push the updates out quicker than they have, they, you know, they might have been planning on or expecting to so that they can get this fixed. Yeah, this is a, a really, really dangerous thing to have out there in the wild. Users can help protect themselves from this by going into your phone settings and turning off auto retrieval. And that can be found in the app section of your Android devices, in the system settings, and then under um, applications. Or if it's like my device, if you go into the actual messaging service itself, and you go to the settings within there, you can also turn it off. However, if you have something like Message Plus that you're using or another third-party application, you can't turn off the auto-retrieval from the settings. So I would suggest users stop using those third-party applications right now, move back to your phone's default messaging service, and then go in and turn off the auto-retrieval and just stick with that until you know that your phone has been patched. And and you, users can contact their phone providers and ask if your phone has been patched. Yeah, that's actually an, an excellent idea is to um, um, get in contact with them or check out their website and see what version of Android they have actually pushed out uh, to your specific device. One of the reasons you want to be proactive in this is because as of right now, there, there's no way to tell whether the device is vulnerable or not. Or another recommendation for that is if you're going into any kind of meeting that might have uh, you know, any kind of sensitivity to it at all, turn off your phone and leave it outside. I know that when we go into places, that's the first thing we do is our phones are turned off and they're left in an area away from where we're working and discussing stuff. Um, that way, stuff doesn't get out. Bet you're wishing you had an iPhone right now, huh? No, I'm not. <laughs> I still enjoy my third-party products that don't cost me, you know, ten dollars to play Angry Bird. That's a dollar ninety-nine or ninety-nine cents. Yeah, this is a really scary vulnerability. Um, if somebody is able to figure out how to execute this correctly, the deepest, darkest recesses of the internet will get a hold of it. And there are going to be tools all over the place to be able to exploit this. It's a huge, huge privacy risk. I mean, it's able, the people are able to hop on, look at all your files, 
listen to you you via your microphone and you have no idea that those people even be there. Unfortunately, that's not all that came out this week as well. Yeah. Speaking of privacy concerns, you need to tape your webcam up because there's a pretty terrible piece of malware out there that's going around and broadcasting people to the world via YouTube. So according to the Digital Citizens Alliance, in a recent report that they had put out, there's a good bit of remote access Trojans, aka rats, going around that are slaving people's computers. And what that means is the computers that are infected are able to be accessed by the attackers remotely and will be completely under the control of those attackers. So you can go on and look at any files, alter any files, look through your webcam, listen through your microphones, uh, execute new programs on your computer, pull all your data back from your computer if they wanted to, all without you knowing that they're there. However, the Digital Citizens Alliance has seen a huge spike in broadcasting of people who don't know that they are infected. They say that the scope of the problem really isn't clear yet, but they have found hundreds of victims and tutorial videos shared online, as well as a plethora of chat forums where amateur hackers are sharing tips and programs that are inexpensive and really simple to use. A lot of people really aren't aware of how prevalent this is, and this is a huge, risk to people and it's a huge risk to people who don't really take real precautions on their computers they don't use antivirus software and really don't keep up to date with their patches yeah if they were to do this then the antivirus software would be able to catch these trojan viruses one really good example of this that was in the media back in 2013 was miss teen america usa her computer was hit by a remote access trojan and there's an individual who took photos of her using her webcam but he was caught by the fbi and was sentenced to prison for it but investigators believe that there are a bunch of other victims who don't come forward about this or just aren't aware that they're infected and that they're being broadcasted. Yeah, when you think about it, she's a high profile person. So her stuff is gonna be, you know, you know, during the, the Miss Teen USA pageants and, and stuff leading up to it, her name's gonna be out there. So people are gonna be Googling her, looking for her, and they're gonna see her stuff more. It's gonna be more available. You know, if any, you know, some random person is being watched, probably nobody's gonna think twice about it, which is also the unfortunate thing because there's stuff's out there and it's not being reported or even thought about like, hey, this could be possibly bad. So in her case, she was able to, you know, take that information and, and move forward with the FBI, but it might not always be that simple to know that you're, you're, you're being broadcast to the world through YouTube. If you go on YouTube and just type in rat victims, you'll find tons of videos of individuals who have no idea that they've been recorded. YouTube, however, does have a mechanism in place that allows people to request removal of videos that you did not consent to be in. The reporting form can be used to remove content taken from slave computers as well. So you're not completely screwed if your videos are up on YouTube of you dancing around with your dog in your underwear while wearing a Rainbow Dash wig. So if you think you're a victim and you find your video, contact YouTube. They'll take it down. Then go install antivirus and patch your computer. 
because that's how they got in the first time. Right now, these people are using the remote access Trojans to to watch people, but these people could easily turn from, hey, let's watch people's webcams and get some free pornography to let's steal all the bank data we can, all the credit card information we can, you know, let's steal all the sensitive info on these people's computers because there's nothing stopping them from doing that. Yeah. I mean, they're installing rats and the rats give them so much more control than just the webcams. And they have huge communities who are working together to try to bypass antivirus software as quickly as antivirus software is blocking it. So yeah, patch your computers, update your antivirus software, install antivirus software. It's very important that you have that basic safeguard. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to family members' homes and they say, oh, I, I don't know what I did. I was surfing online poker and bingo and now my computer runs funny. I don't know what's going on. And then I go and they have 15 toolbars on Internet Explorer and they have pop-ups and every website that they go on to is being redirected to another website that has a bunch of pop-ups that are also adding to the infection. I, mean, I didn't realize pop-ups are still a thing. Yeah, they have pop-up blocker for a reason. Yeah, I know. I've been using that since it started. I, I completely forgot pop-ups were even a thing. <laughs> Until you really need that one pop-up. It's like, hey, you really need to disable this. Um, but then I go over to these people's houses to fix their computers. And basically, if their computer was a human, it was infected so bad, you might as well just put a bullet in it to get it out of its misery. Yeah. So, so you kind of joke about the uh, more elderly with the, with the voice, but I, I've seen people our age, people younger in their early 20s with the exact same thing. So at this point, I think it's not even, you know, the joke is, yeah, age, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's everybody. If they don't understand what they're clicking on, then they're just they're opening themselves up for it. Oh, it is everybody now. I mean, there was a recent report that came out that said that millennials, when it comes to cybersecurity, they just throw caution to the wind, which is a scary thing. That our generation is just disregarding everything when it comes to internet and computer security. And I think it it really comes down to the fact that they don't want to buy antivirus software, you know. They are living in a world where they believe that they should get it for free because they can, you know, root their phones and get the things on their phones for free. And they can get free codes for Microsoft products from some guy down the street. So why can't they get a free code for their antivirus software? Why do they have to pay for that? Why do you have to pay for anything? It's a very dangerous mindset that the millennial generation is getting into, right. you know. Well, even in that aspect, there are free programs out there. Yeah, At least but... install and update the free stuff. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to – I don't feel entitled to anything. That's probably not true. There, there are probably certain things that I feel entitled to. But when it comes to computers, networking, and security, I will pay good money to make sure that I'm getting the best possible thing. So speaking of millennials and all the free things they like – and YouTube and social media and whatnot, Facebook is getting ready to test a giant drone for internet service to what? give to give free internet service. Why don't you tell us more about that? <laughs> hey, more free stuff. Uh, yeah, so Facebook, we talked about this a couple weeks back. Um, 
and how they were looking to start using lasers to actually beam down the internet to areas of the world. But yeah, so we talked about how Facebook wants to basically put drones in the air, set them at about um, 90,000 feet, um, well above you know any commercial flights or anything like that, and beam the internet down. Well, they announced this week that they're ready to start doing test flights. They have a solar-powered drone that has a wingspan uh, that is as big as a Boeing 737, which is pretty big. They built this drone. It's got a 140-foot wingspan that uh, weighs less than 1,000 pounds, and it's actually designed to fly at the higher altitudes for up to three months while using lasers to send internet signals to stations on the ground. Now, obviously, Facebook, they're known for social media. You know, anybody who um, is out there pretty much has Facebook um, where they share every single detail about their life with everybody else in the world. So, yeah, it seems like a logical step to take that aspect and put drones in the sky and beam internet. This is a really awesome thing to do because it's reaching 10% of the world that does not have any kind of internet whatsoever. So if they successfully pull this off, they will be opening up the internet to a huge range of individuals. Um, and if these individuals open up businesses and whatnot, we're going to see a, a big boom on the internet, either a good big boom or a bad big boom, because they could easily be opening up. They could easily be opening this up to a group of individuals who decide to use it for bad, such as the, the city in Romania, hacker capital of the world. I have the free internet now. You know, it could turn into something like that, or it could turn into something good. We could see a, a huge influx of brand new ideas to the internet, brand new products to the internet, which would be amazing. Or we could see a huge influx of malware, you know, which would be bad. <laughs> so... Let's see how this goes. It's a social experiment. Let's see if it goes well. Yeah, I, st I still personally, I I have mixed reviews about the, uh, not so much the implications of bringing internet, but the way in which they're doing it. Because it's going to it's gonna require a ton of drones to do this. Their, their goal is to have each drone flying a radius of about three kilometers. Um, just basically flying in a huge circle. And then beaming information, not only to the ground, but back and forth to other drones that are flying in three kilometer circle radius. So they're going to create an aerial mesh network. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, they're going to reach 50 kilometers on the ground. Yeah. I mean, so they're, they're looking at a 50 kilometer radius on the ground in order to, to hit that. But if you, th you think about it, that's going to require a lot of drones. I mean, just a lot of drones. I, I personally, I personally like Microsoft's idea. And I'd heard this idea kicked around, you know, back in the early 2000s when everybody was making the switch over to, you know, high definition and the digital airwaves for broadcasting television. You know, you had to get the little TV tuner thing to hook up your TV so that it still worked and you could still receive stuff over the air. You know, if you had the rabbit ears, you're out of luck. Well, they're looking to use that, those unused airwaves to broadcast internet. I mean, that, that infrastructure for us is already in place and I'm sure there's areas out there as well that that would be a lot easier to set up than having a drone flying overhead. So I'm skeptical. I, I'll, I'll wait until the fall until they've had their, they've run their tests and they've done everything. But I'm definitely very cautious and skeptical of the way they're doing it. What's to stop somebody from hacking those drones too? You have direct access to them. What's to stop somebody from hacking the drones and just start crashing them into each other? Yeah. Or just send a signal to them all. Like have them send a signal to each other 
just, just drop them out of the air. The entire mesh network just falls in unison. It would have to be perfect, absolutely perfect to not have that happen or for that not to be a possibility. I just, I would need to wait and see. I, I am all for bringing internet to the world. That will provide so much stability and brand new markets to areas that have never had them. They'll be able to get information about new medicines and new medical techniques and new sciences. And, oh, it, it'll be amazing for them. Absolutely. But I think there are, I don't know, there's just got to be, a, I feel like there's got to be a safer way to do it. Even going to those remote locations, I feel like there has to be a safer way, a safe and reliable way. Let me put that to do it. Yeah. So yeah, they plan on, they plan on testing this fall. They, they have tested some of the smaller prototypes in the UK where, where it was actually built, but they are, they are looking at a site in the U.S. for testing. They are not being specific with the area in which they are testing as of yet. I had read as well, and this is something that's completely in, insane to me, and I don't know if they're actually going to be able to pull this off, but if they have figured out some way to pull this off, then huge kudos to them. And I want these drones flying in our airspace because the drones will be able to transmit data at 10 gigabytes per second. Through lasers. Through the lasers. So... 10 times faster than standard laser signals yep. is what they're going for. Yep. And it's all due to a recent breakthrough that they made in laser optics, which is insane. I hope that they eventually bring that to the standard fiber optic market. I mean, if they're able to use this to transmit via the air to the ground and pull this off, with those new laser optics, imagine it on a ground line, just changing out the, the fiber optics in there. It would be pretty nice. You wouldn't yeah. even have to, well, you might not even have to change the medium. You can just change the uh, sender the, and the rece receiver. Yeah, just change the ends. Yeah. It would be nice. It would be really, really nice. So speaking of Internet of Things that Facebook is setting up, essentially... GM vehicles can be located, unlocked, and started remotely via OnStar app. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so this week there was actually an updated um, or a new uh, vulnerability in vehicles that was found. Hacker had shown how they can uh, locate, unlock, and remotely start any GM vehicles equipped with OnStar using the Remote Link app. Uh, this was done by a white hat hacker, uh, Sanjay Kamkar, uh, and he used the device he calls uh, OnStar to intercept the communications between a user's OnStar mobile app and the OnStar cloud service. I got it. It's a play on words. OnStar, OnStar. He's a clever fellow. I was thinking like owned star or Pwnstar. Pwnstar runner. Pwnstar runner. Homestar runner. There you go. He actually posted this to YouTube, a video. He showed how an attacker uh, could send uh, specifically crafted packets to the user's mobile device uh, to gain access to additional credentials. Um, getting the vehicle's location, make and model. Using that information, they then uh, can intercept the OnStar app's remote unlock and remote start functions to take over the vehicle. Any GM vehicle owner out there who actually uses OnStar, uses the OnStar mobile app in the proximity of the OnStar device uh, is actually vulnerable to the attack. Basically, he said, he came out and said, do not use the OnStar remote link app until a fix has been brought forward. Now, good news for GM with this, it's not a problem with the uh, vehicles themselves. It's a problem with the mobile software on the phone. 
So the vehicle itself is not vulnerable as we saw with Jeep last week. It's actually, yeah, right. It's, it's actually the mobile app, which is a much easier fix. If you think about it, that's just, you know, an iOS or OS push out and the users have to update. Whereas, you know, a, a vulnerability with that vehicle itself is going to be a little bit more difficult to, uh, to get pushed out to everybody in a timely manner. So you're saying it was an app developer problem? Yeah, pretty much. It was the uh, <laughs> uh, it was the back end of the app that was uh, that was causing problems with that. Paul Jordan would not like hearing that. No, probably not. I know how much he loves his developers, uh, but hey, people gotta learn to develop with security in mind, especially with us interconnecting everything now. It's so important to develop with security first in mind because if you don't then things like this are going to happen you know we're going to have people hijacking cars especially the self-driving cars that are coming in the future if developers do not think with security in mind with the self-driving cars fox news is going to have a field day they might be right in that in that aspect though your car might really be trying to kill you if if the developers don't think with security in mind speaking of how much the developers suck they actually fix the problem <laughs> GM actually uh, came out with a with an emailed statement saying that the uh, cybersecurity representatives had reviewed the vulnerability and had actually secured the system to actually to reduce the risk, which they said required no user action. So like I said, they didn't have to bring anything in or put a USB stick into their vehicle to update it because it was through the app. So the app was updated. They're still testing and trying to identify anything if any further action is necessary, but they're saying that the apps can be updated through their uh, pay stores. So either Google Play or um, the App Store and Apple. They're also saying they're gonna notify um, any of the OnStar users if a new version does come out. So they're kind of being proactive with, with it, which is pretty good. Right on. On that note, this week we covered stage fright vulnerability allows criminals to send malware by text. We determined that you need to go in and turn off your auto retrieval and stop using third party apps that won't let you turn that off. Tape your webcam because horrifying malware is broadcasting you to the world. Determine from that. If you haven't patched your computer and updated your antivirus, which you should, if you don't have antivirus, you should buy antivirus. But it, if you don't do any of that, if you're just throwing caution to the wind and allowing a remote access Trojan to infect you, Stick some tape over your webcam. Not clear tape. So people don't see you in your... Not clear tape. Facebook is ready to test a giant drone. That's a big social experiment that we are ready to see what happens. And GM vehicles can be located, unlocked, and started remotely via the OnStar app. And what did we decide for that one, Michael? To update the app. Right on. Update your apps. See, it always comes back to, it always comes back to updates. Always update. I was your host this week. Raymond Evans, and he was my glorious co-host. Michael. No, I'm not going to do that. Michael Fairweather. (laughs) (laughs) I panicked. Stay safe. Keep your network safe. And have a week. Have a week.